1: Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and today we are going to discuss finding courage and strength through intuition. Uh, But before I introduce you to our guest, I'd like to introduce you to your own self and your personal spiritual giftedness. We all come with a planned set of experiences and tools uh, that are here to help us fulfill our unique life purpose. And each one of us has a special unique life purpose. But so often it feels like everybody else got the gifts and we got the dregs at the bottom of the barrel, (laughs) which is not true. We're just so used to the gifts that they, they feel like second nature and everybody must have these. But the truth is they don't. And so I created this quiz to answer the question, what is my number one spiritual superpower? Uh, And so you can get the answer to that question, what is your number one spiritual superpower, by going to Mm superpowerquiz.us. Superpowerquiz.us, and it will show you what your top spiritual gifts are, and give you a little bit of insight into what you came here to do and some of the tools you brought with you to do that. Takes about two minutes, again, superpowerquiz.us and make sure you keep your pen and paper close to you today because we are going to talk about um, how your intuition can save you from making devastating mistakes in your life, things that would cause you pain and heartbreak. Uh, And so we are going to talk with Di Shalinor about this. Di's life has been marked by a series of traumatic events that left her grappling with grief and pain. From the loss of loved ones to enduring abusive relationships, Di's life seemed to be a never-ending cycle of despair. But despite the overwhelming odds, Di refused to give up. Instead, she turned to her intuition, determined to find the hidden secrets that would allow her to break free from her past and start the healing process. Using her innate gifts and a deep understanding of energy healing, Di was able to overcome the darkest moments of her life. She discovered that by tuning into her intuition and trusting her inner voice, she could access the guidance and strength needed to overcome any challenge. Today, Dai is committed to helping others tap into their own intuition, teaching them how to listen to their inner wisdom and unleash their full potential. Through her coaching and healing services, she inspires others to take control of their lives and to find a path to a brighter future. Welcome Di. I'm so happy to have you here with me today. My pleasure,
2: Sophia Renee, I'm happy to be here and um, looking forward to our conversation.
1: Absolutely. So I introduce all these amazing healers and coaches and business people uh, who have discovered amazing things on their spiritual journey in addition to their three d journey in the world, but they are not oftentimes born with that wisdom. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about the before time. What was life like before you really started tuning into your intuition and trusting it?
2: Great question, um, Sophia. My life was, I suppose, up and down emotionally. And um, I was sort of into the drama. And I remember in my early 20s, I was thinking in terms of, gossiping or you know just being involved in other people's stuff and drama and things would go up and down um and it really sort of kept testing me and I wasn't really attracting fabulous
1: experiences give give me an example of what you mean by into the drama I know some of us uh, find that more invigorating in our lives than others (laughs) Ah,
2: good question I feel like listening to other people's stories but I was attracting people that would have things go wrong like I like For me at times I ran out of petrol, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, that sort of drama and worrying about the finances, looking into people that had things go wrong for them. The drama for me was meaning things would go wrong. One minute they'd be really happy and you know someone would walk out on them or I'd have relationships with the wrong men that would want me to look after them or you know pay for things all the time um in being in my masculine energy so it was basically i just know it was a lot of noise but negative noise if that makes mm, sense
1: yeah absolutely absolutely and when you had a break between moments of drama how did you feel in that break sometimes i felt a bit
2: lost myself <laughs> yeah. uh and not sure what direction, what to do, like even in, like day to day living. Um, but once I started connecting with my intuition, that changed. That was the game changer because I was able to get still, and I was able to connect with source, my inner, you know, my higher self, yeah, the
1: exactly. angels. Yeah. well What were some of the What do I want to say? What were some of the challenges, the learning experiences you went through that brought you to that moment where it's like, Ooh, well, maybe I should try this?
2: <laughs> well, it's my darkest hour. Um, I had this relationship, which at the beginning, I thought, oh, this fellow made me laugh until I realized that I was the brunt of the jokes. Oh. Uh, and... And like we just do ridiculous things like throw my mobile phone in someone's garden, like this anger, like this heightened um, passionate anger that would happen over little things. And um, I used to run meditation classes and before the class, no matter what, a fight, you know, do something to egg me on or stir me up and I then had to put a brave face on in front of a group of eight ladies.
1: Right. And, and figure um, out how to calm your own self down yes. in order to hold that space, yeah.
2: Yes. And also just I didn't realize at the time
1: because I was sort of sucked
2: into it all, into the initial relationship, the emotional abuse and and being, you know, going crazy because I feel it was telling me all these lies so i second guess myself. Mm. So I would then have to go and do meditation or tune into angels. I'd found angels through Joy and Virtue. And pulled out the angel cards um, and just asked for that guidance and do meditation and get that guidance on what was going on um, so that I could have my trust in myself and abilities. And yeah. it was those dark moments of feeling so angry and frustrated and I suppose helpless through this, what was going on in the relationship that I thought, oh God, I've got to do something, I've got to really dig deep. And I instinctively, felt things were not right but I couldn't pinpoint what it was like in the relationship for example
1: what what were some of the what I want to say stories or interpretations that he was bringing to the relationship that that quote unquote justified the way he was treating you because frequently in a bad relationship there will be um a mythology that gets started between the two people
2: great question uh well I've I feel we both had, because it changed more so once we got married. Like,
1: oh, um, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they have this permission slip to show all the worst possible behavior, right? <laughs>
2: totally. So, totally, totally, totally. And it was like, I felt like I was treated like a chattel. He could do whatever he wanted. And I was sort of expected to be there. Um, and that's when sort of, I think that, you know, more of the bad behavior came out. But just letting me down, promising um, we'd be doing things. And then, um, oh, I can't do it this weekend. We'll do it next weekend. I wanted to go out, like even go and have a drive to the country, for example. And then on the Friday night, he'd be out drinking with his buddies from work until all hours. Had a big hangover. Or then that was Saturday, either footy or cricket. More drinking. Oh, i oh, too hungover. Can't go out. Can't do anything. So this whole lead up of promises, we'll do this, do that. And then when the time came, it'd be, you know,
1: annihilated. (laughs) Yeah, a a big zero, a no show for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. So is this a behavior that started after the commitment of marriage? Or were there some red flags that that occurred for you prior to that?
2: Well, there were red flags, but I didn't see them because I had triple thickness, rose tinted glasses on, like they (laughs) were.
1: super red the extra super duper pink ones yes yeah yeah and i and people
2: said things even his family and i didn't even hear it um or see it i didn't want to see it i think um and i had a time frame that i was i suppose at a certain age wanting to get married and um that was sort of it and look we were on and off and i even said we're either going to break up and go our separate ways or we're going to get married and Oh, so we,
1: you did the ultimatum.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah <it's> <laughs> um, so, we went down the marriage route and um, it was a short two and a bit mar- years of marriage and yeah, as I say, things changed. The first year we were um, still in that honeymoon stage but I was even struggling in the second anniversary
1: to buy a card. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's a sign. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, There's nothing on the hallmark shelf that explains how I feel about you right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, what was your your sign or maybe I should say the straw that broke the camel's back? What what led you to go? You know what? I have got to go. Well,
2: it all came about when he was t- told me um I think it was in the second year, in the January, like apparently he had a child with um, some woman.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: yeah.
2: surprise. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
2: And this was in country Victoria, like, so three hours from home, and he decided that he wanted to go and meet this child. And I said, but I'm your wife. I should be coming with you. Oh, no, no, no. Um, I need to meet the child, <laughs> a, a daughter. Um, so that sparked... Yeah, time and overnight and I thought what's going on here and um, a couple of months in and then he was going up on a regular basis once a month and then he was hiring cars because you want to take his car or something um, and I just thought this is strange and who goes to see a two-year-old at nine o'clock on a Friday night yeah And I kept putting it out to the universal and on this particular night the fuse blew in my house the lights went out so I panicked I didn't know what to do Mm. so I'm ringing his mobile I'm thinking why aren't you answering I kept ringing and then I got upset and a bit annoyed and abusive myself and then um, got a phone call half an hour later what's wrong Um, like was it actually longer than that because I ended up ringing up another girlfriend who told me how to fix the fuse box thing so that was okay because that was me putting it out there to spirit show me a sign show me you know give me the guidance so that was something I felt I was testing him I also did a tarot card reading using major arcana and that was about maybe February March of that year and the moon reversed or upside down was the big key something is going on behind the scenes that you don't understand in your relationship there could be a third person in that relationship so, which is what I was suspecting um this
1: yeah. behavior. So, in, from, in this case, it was probably actually four, right? Baby mama and <laughs> the daughter. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, I, it was a waiting game. Um, and just being more aware of what was going on, like the signs and the behaviors and things like that. So, in June, someone rang me on a quarter eight in the morning or something before I went to work and um, they told me the whole story of what was going on oh and he'd been he's sort of living a, a separate life like he'd take his wedding ring off and this woman had other children and they'd go and play happy families and oh. um, it was a whole lot of um, yes yeah, I'm you know underlying It was very really ne- so negative and toxic so she was conf- confirming um What I was thinking and all the dates and things and the events matched up because she said she told them that they would if they didn't tell me what was going on she was going to tell me because he was also painting me the picture of being the bad wife the witch you know well yeah of course (laughs) yeah um, so she yeah this woman um, who was a friend of the woman that um, yeah rang up and told me
1: (laughs) yeah her her conscience got the better of her (laughs) yeah exactly. That was awfully nice of her to do that because she put her friendship at risk to do that for someone she didn't know, who for all she knew was actually a villain. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Wow, isn't that something? Was this part of the incident that started to move you towards trusting your intuition?
2: Yeah, because I felt at times I was, so distraught and upset thinking my god what am I going to do this is I've got to get some strength here like because it was that emotional manipulation
0: mm-hmm. and that
2: you know up and down making me you know doubt myself so that was it was those series of events in that sort of relationship but more in the marriage I had to dig deep and find some inner strength from somewhere and that's what made me um start trusting or tuning into angels doing more meditation, Uh, getting answers and the cards helped
1: a lot Mm -hmm. yeah exactly how did you start to build that trust because when it comes down to a big decision like do I stay or do I go do I take this job it can be really easy to second guess your tuition intuition if you haven't been building that trust that's great yes because it's like a muscle you've got to exercise it so
2: part of the trust is building that trust muscle of trusting your intuition. So sometimes I think I'm, you know, little things, now it's second nature. So back then it was looking at how I was feeling and getting the getting the information either through meditation, so I'd do automated writing, I'd write things down, and just, and, the, and it was positive. The information I was getting, you are loved, you, you know, And they would say, call me my child, (laughs) you are love my child, we're here to help you or guide you. So it was a matter of asking for that guidance, which then gave me the clarity, the action steps to take or even that feeling in your heart, you know, area
1: like, I feel supported. Yeah. And feel loved. Give me a couple examples of some of the little ways that you build trust. Um, I know for myself, when I was going through the trust building process, one of the things I surrendered to it was, uh, the path by which I was getting to wherever I was going. So I would come up to an intersection and say, okay, left, right or straight and, uh, and listen to see which way I was supposed to go.
2: I wasn't (laughs) as structured I just. It's a it was it's a feeling and a knowing because I get the answers not so much seeing them but feeling them and hearing them mm-hmm. and 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 taking and just being guided like I I'd, I'd go and see different healers because there was a healing process and it felt right so that was my main gauge when things it was feeling right that was the the trust that I had to have and look surrender I've only just meant. <laughs> fine-tuned that in the
1: last six to six or so months because <laughs> that's a tricky one as well. Yeah, exactly. Because your mind has this idea of where it wants to go. And speaking of where we need to go, we are up on our first commercial break already. Can you believe? Mm-hmm. And so I would like to invite everyone who's joined us here today for this conversation. Grab your pen, grab your piece of paper. And uh, spend a little time around where you have been trusting your intuition and where perhaps you could take it a step farther, where you could surrender a little bit more to that quiet voice or um, maybe not second guess it to spend some time with that and hang with us. We'll be right back from the break.
0: Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. In
1: a realm is a free monthly holistic health magazine that promotes total health and wellness of body, mind and spirit. We're a much-loved community resource for both alternative and traditional healing. We're in our 24th year of educating our readers about innovative therapies aimed at stress reduction, emotional healing, diet modification, energy healing, body movement therapies like yoga and tai chi, and so much more. Restore your soul, find your balance, and elevate your life with Inner Realm. Find us at innerrealmmagazine.com. Hey, beautiful soul, Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to TellZofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A dot com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's TellZofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first.
0: Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Zofia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Sophia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power, too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
1: Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. And we are still here discussing Finding Courage and Strength Through Intuition with Daish Alenor. And so I had asked everybody before the break to just take a little inventory on where are you trusting, where are you not trusting your intuition, um, and how, you know, that is in your life right now. Because it, it is a process and it's good to know where you are in order to move forward. So now that we know kind of where we're strong and where we can maybe uh, lean a little bit more into our intuition. um, Tell us a little bit about how your intuition saved you from making a very costly mistake. And I assume it has to do with this really janked up relationship.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. um, Well, it saved me several times i feel because other situations happened um, that i want i thought i wanted some support i had to go and get a medical procedure at the time just to check in on things and um, there was no support and then i hear later that his lover was in hospital and was busy sending flowers to her and i thought oh so and i felt be huh. alone and on my own um, and so that's when I was doing the meditation and feeling, oh my God, this is all too hard. What am I doing here? And so then I've, you know, tuned in to the meditation and um, got my strength to know everything will be okay. So there's all those little things. But once I found out, once I found out, once I proved to him that, or well, he found out that I knew the decision was pretty um, straightforward.
1: And um, And so he, how did he find out that you knew? I told him
2: after I had this phone conversation, and go oh, um, girl, <laughs> and so, but there was no remorse. He goes, you, you know what's happened? No sorry, no nothing. as so I said,' right, you know, out of the bed. And we're actually were sharing like still staying in the house um together after this um separate beds and things, and it just made it very um difficult. um but yeah, just told him straight out that's it because um, it
1: was too squashy.
2: Three in a marriage is just too many.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. I would agree with that. And so how did that process unfold? A lot of times when you're dealing with someone who has that level of ecocentrism that it's like, yeah, I can have two relationships. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it can be a little uh, dicey unwrapping those.
2: Definitely. And I don't even think, Sophia, Renee, there were more relationships <laughs>
1: I feel there's more
2: going on that I had no idea of what was happening. So it was very um, frosty, to say the least, and it was very difficult trying to ignore something. But because I was very angry and hurt and let down, mm-hmm. and I felt a, a failure, and then that the marriage was a failure, and because I was trying to do things, and we did go through the the counselling um, route to see if we could get you know, patch it up and things like that. Maybe even there was resistance from his point um, about that.
1: Um, Uh, A question, I guess, about the counseling. I know I have my own husband in my history there uh, who was very hmm, egocentric to say the Mm -hmm. least. Uh, And I found that counseling with him actually made it worse because he learned all this psychobabble. (laughs) That he would then use on me later. <laughs> what was your experience with the counseling?
2: Well, I'm not there was resistance, and um, and I was actually studying psychology at the time, so I had my yeah, awareness even more about you know the mind and attitude. He didn't like the therapist, so then I said, "Well, you choose a therapist," and then like it was just excuses all the time and. Not really wanting to do anything and I felt I had to fix things I was the fixer I had to fix this relationship fix this marriage um, and I felt by like him having someone else to um, listen I thought that would be beneficial but also there was a checklist of things and then I found when I went through that he had Asperger's and, and there was a resistance about that because like he ticked all the boxes and I thought Oh my god this is what I'm dealing with and this makes sense why he has the job that he does is into computers and things like that so again a lot of resistance didn't really want to do it showed up for a few of the sessions um, but there wasn't a big amount of change the change would happen when he'd want me when he was manipulating me to sort of give into something it was a battle of the wheels a lot of the time
1: Yes. Okay. And so he used it as a leverage point when it was useful to him. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Interesting. So how did you use your intuition as you were going through this process to counter some of the the gaslighting and other things that seemed to be going on?
2: I would be doing my meditation on a regular basis and asking for that guidance and asking for direction. And I suppose waiting, being still, focusing like on the breathing uh, to keep the mind still. And I'd also say mantras to myself, or I'd count uh, breathing in and breathing out, like count to keep still. And I had that feeling I knew everything was going to be all right. It was like very you know, rocky, but I, go in and have that, I suppose, feeling of safety and comfort through doing the meditation. Yeah. And, and also the cards that I would draw and things like that.
1: And how long did that sense of safety and comfort hang with you after you left the meditative space?
2: I suppose until the next argument. Um <laughs>
1: Yeah, huh? that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. well, the next, you know,
2: yeah, button push. Um, so, and it was also, I'm just reflecting, it was inter- interesting going through the, the drawing Virtues cards. I know as I was a growing and evolving, um, I'd go through the different levels of the cards, like from the Fairies to the Angels to Archangels to Ascended Masters and things. And another thing, I felt another really key um, uh, sign was in my first marriage, year of the marriage. I was do, upskilling and doing some healing and learning about Louise Hay's work, and I thought, I'm outgrowing him. Yes. And 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 I felt, and that was a really big, um, big stop. You know, <laughs> flashing lights
0: or well,
1: signs. And- And that does happen. I mean, it's not that you have to be at the exact same level, but there's like this range where, where you can overlap with a partner. And while you're overlapping, it's great. But the instant you lose that overlap, you outgrow them, so to speak. Uh, Or there's that vibrational mismatch, whatever kind of words you want to put around it. there's not much hope for the relationship at that moment unless the other person decides to come meet you at your level.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And that's why I thought that counseling might help to sort of bring us together and resolve what was going on. But yeah, as I say, there was that resistance and didn't really want to know about that, you know, who'd want to do counseling and things like that. Yeah. Um,
1: Well, and then there were also those layers of stuff that you weren't, yet really aware of that we're factoring in. Yeah. Yeah. So how would a listener who's going through something along these lines, who's in a relationship that has moments where it feels distinctly icky and unsupportive, how would they begin to start working with their intuition to find that strength and courage? to do whatever needs to happen in that relationship, whether it's talk to them about counseling or separating or whatever the the thing is. My question, Uh, what I'm
2: feeling and what I'd say is have that quiet time with yourself and, and start small. It's as I said earlier, it's like exercising a muscle. You're not going to go to the gym and pick up the 20 kilo weight. You might, you'll start with something like a one kilo or half a kilo. Yeah. So, the same analogy, just to remind yourself, you're going to the gym, the meditation gym starts by doing a few, like three minutes. And I would put the clock on and I'd still do things like that. I do five minutes, so I'll put the clock on and do breathing, do repetition of. Breathe in for four, hold for four, and then out for six, or even out for eight. Start doing something small like that until you get into that habit. And even start by doing that for three or five minutes every day or several times throughout the day. And focus on that breathing, and then you'll start to feel more relaxed and calm. Because when you're calm and relaxed, you can think and connect in, and you can think more um, from the heart space, whereas we're if we're in that turmoil it's more from ego and so sort of fear or pain right and exactly and start asking questions that's what i used to do as well i'd write down on a piece of paper you can do it on the computer but it's better with the pen and paper write a question what do i need to know or what action or how do i how do i respond because that's a yeah. lot of it. It's your my you know my response, your response to that other person will either egg them on, and you'll either be coming. Oh, like I felt so hurt a lot of the time, but I also didn't want to show him that. Yes, because <laughs> he would have got. Oh, I've, I've won that one, and you know, it ends up being a scorecard. Yeah, is, you know, tit for tat all the time. Oh, that was one up to this. Oh, yep, I won that one. You want like. It's
1: so tiring, even me telling you about it. Exactly. And I I know I can push this button to win this argument. And uh, I've I've found with, like, meditation, I kind of have to calm myself before I even try, right? I'm a really mental person. And so my brain will be full of all this stuff. It's like, well, he did this and I should have said that and all that kind of crap. And so there's another use for your pen and paper. I find if I can take the crap that's in my head and write it down, then it allows me to stop that mental gyration stuff because it's on a piece of paper, I'm not going to lose it. And then later on, I can look at it and go, okay, well, that's just bullshit awfulizing and I can cross that off. (laughs) Uh, This is a real issue and a real concern. And this is something I can do something about and, and it helps to like clear my brain so I can sit in the meditation and really get that headspace a little more easily. Yeah, totally. And
2: I like even now, like sometimes I will, you know, go through that treadmill of thoughts and I just have to say, stop it. Or like, you know, if you, if it happens a lot, (laughs) put a rubber band on your wrist. And every time you catch yourself in that, you know, spiral of thoughts and having those internal conversations that, yeah, you know, like you just said, Sophia, about, oh, he said this, he did this, I should have done that. Stop it. And just, you've really got to remind yourself, so ping yourself with the elastic band or if you're aware of it, just say stop and think of something nice. You know, look... Just you've got to break that that trigger and either you know yeah. look at the sky, go outside, or do something to stop it. And yeah. then over time, once you start healing, it won't happen as often.
1: Exactly. Well, and I find it's useful to like identify what's happening. Oh, look, I'm awfulizing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that we don't need to do, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
2: And we all do it. And as a matter of once you once the healing process. Starts kicking in and you're elevating you don't you don't sort of go down to that lower level of energy which is the fear and the you know the torment and um, The anger that sits in your belly
1: that you know and, fear. and this desire for like control right I'm gonna manipulate you back
2: <laughs> Yeah, Exactly well you sort of get into that that spiral because I you know They're doing it to you you want to do it back because that's where you're at it's some yeah. um, lower vibrational stuff, but we all have to go from the low stuff to move up to the higher you
1: know, Well, levels. and I I think there's a purpose for the low stuff. It's not that what I wanna say, it doesn't have a usefulness, but I would hate to see you set your house up there and live there because I wanna see you in better emotional <laughs> surroundings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I find it's useful to to look at what's the overlying message of this emotion that I'm going through right now. Am I angry because there was a boundary violation or he was Mm. gaslighting me or lied to my face? Because you will, unfortunately, there are people who don't really have consciences who are willing to say whatever is convenient to try to, to turn the situation to their advantage. And it's important to recognize when you're dealing with someone like that and not take it personally because Mm. some people just have to lie. It's how they're wired. And once you know that about them, it allows you to engage with them differently. Exactly. And I wish I knew back then what I know now. (laughs) Um, I,
2: I, I couldn't say necessarily I'd still be with him, but I would be reacting differently. But then... I would attract someone like that in the first
1: place. Yeah, exactly. Once you become clear that you know what, uh, lying doesn't work for me, and if you're going to lie to me, I'm walking on. You know, it it yeah. just changes who's able to hang around in your environment and who's attracted to your environment because there are yeah. people out there who are attracted to ethical people who believe in being honest and upfront and open-minded and listening with strength and courage as opposed to reacting, uh, like knee-jerk personal insult reactions for things that really had nothing to do with them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So what were some of the, the courageous bold changes that you chose to make uh, from having built this meditation and this inner peace muscle? Okay, um, oh, changes. Ooh. Well, hang on. I, I'm going to ask you to put a pin in the bold changes. Okay, good. And share it with us when we come back from the break because oh. we are up on this second break already, if you can believe. Oh, wow. I yeah. know. Isn't that something? Um, what I'd like to invite you to do, those of you who have joined us here today, and I'm so happy you have joined us here today, take that pen and paper, and spend some time with what are some things you can do, what are some ways you can make some time to get the head space to create these moments of peace for yourself because that's a high leverage activity. When I look at things that you can change, I always recommend starting with a high leverage activity and in this case regaining your headspace is a critically important thing for you to be able to decide how to deal with the relationship you're in, decide whether you're staying or not and creating an effective exit plan. So spend some time over how and when you can create these headspace moments for yourself and hang with us. We'll be right back from the break.
0: Voice America at facebook.com forward slash voiceamerica for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts.
1: Hey beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520 261 Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renee Morales, and I'm still here with Daesh Elinor. And we are discussing how to use your intuition to find strength and courage and to make bold changes in your life. And over the break, we discussed what a bold change might, what I might mean by a bold change. Uh, and that is, you know, breaking the mold, the pattern in the relationship that you've, you're currently trapped in, right? Because a lot of times when these relationships turn toxic, you become isolated. There's a lot of control of who you are and what you can do. There are a lot of things denied to you uh, in the course of the relationship. And so how did, how did these bold changes and the decisions uh, show up for you? great description because I was thinking yes I
2: tick 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 all those things you said that was happening to me at that time and I and what I found in that when we talked in the break was I to me they weren't bold changes they were things that I was guided to do um, and I was just reflecting on I was at a crossroads doing fashion and then listen to someone speak and I wanted to do counseling so then I went back to uni uh, to build onto my degree. And I was like, you know, in inverted is mature, uh, mature student. So doing that study and making those changes, cause I knew this felt right to have that credibility to do the psychology training, to build onto the work I do, like with using alternative, um, healings. And, yeah.
1: And, and, well, and I, I love that you made the statement that they didn't feel like bold changes because mm. that's, that's like courage in action when you're dialed into your intuition it just feels like the natural thing to do and so you just go do it it it's not Mm -hmm. like you have to really dig deep for the courage or strength to make it happen it's just like this is what has to happen a lot of times though there's pushback when you make those changes how were those changes received um
2: I don't think, I think he just thought I wasn't giving him enough attention. Like this is on mm. reflection now because I was, just, you know, busy with study. But then I also feel um, study was a bit of, um, I suppose, a savior for me um, because I could put my head in the books and be a bit distant, I suppose, emotionally. Yeah. Um, I did that when I was in my teens after my mother passed and put my head in the books to, not be engaged because it was a stressful my father remarried two years after she passed and we had a Brady Bunch you know blended family and I wanted to get into law school so I had to study and I put my head in the books so then I, I didn't have to participate as much in the family stuff um, because the study and that goal of getting into that course was paramount and it, and it was okay I was fine for me to do that and that's how I was able to cope with a um, pretty diverse stressful situation and now I'm thinking back the study I loved it and I love learning and I love engaging and I love learning yet yeah, pushing myself so in terms of the the relationship because we weren't married at the time um, he was you know supportive to a degree but I feel um, maybe he might have wanted more attention but I didn't give it to him because my yearning was stronger to do the psychology and the the study um, than it was in the relationship.
1: Well, and I think that's always a sign that you're, you're on track, you're following your soul breadcrumbs Mm -hmm. when it feels like it's a, it's a shelter. It's a sanctuary that you've stepped Mm -hmm. into uh, doing this further education. And I, I think that's usually a good sign that you're on the right track.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And th- things happened easily,
1: like I had to, you know,
2: apply for it, get in, um, pay my money. Um, so, th- I, you know, things happened relatively easily. I got the information that I needed and, you know, the timing and, you know, when to apply when the semester started and things like that. And it was close to home. Um, so when things line up and it's easy, that to me is another big you know light bulb moment that you are on track and that the information comes to you once you put it out there to the universe and surrender let go trust and then wait for the information to come and it's the intuition that intuition that guidance that oh that makes sense oh i'll just look at this book and even in bookshops or in you know libraries you might you'll be drawn to certain things music People, that's all intuition in action in my
1: book. Absolutely. So let's talk about some practical ways that you stay in touch with your intuition on a regular basis. You mentioned sitting in meditation and listening, you mentioned automatic writing. So what are some of the other methods that you use to stay dialed in and to? To make these decisions, kind of in the heat of the moment, right? While you're standing in the grocery store, going, "Well, do I bring this for dinner or that?"
2: <laughs> I love it. I'm even guided to the grocery stores to buy things I need that are on special. And I think, oh, this... so <laughs> it isn't
1: that. Isn't that delightful when that happens?
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so I, and now I don't even think to so cut few weeks about a month ago or whatever I'd ask her which one do I need to go to which store because and then um, yeah they had things on special uh, I've also another idea that I do do which I would call active meditation is either if you go for a walk go for a walk in nature I used to do a lot of that I had a dog we had to walk the dog and I would put it out there to the source or the universe when I was out walking and I was in amongst the trees and things and to give me the guidance these days if I've had too much computer time, I'm in the garden, you know, weeding, getting my hands in that earth and doing the gardening. If I'm upset, I'll go and do gardening and then I'll, you know, have those thoughts of the, you know, the negative stuff. But then I'll also put it out there. And I might sometimes I stand in the middle of my garden, put my hands in the air <laughs> and say look up to the sky and say, what's going on? You know, give me the guidance. What do I need to do for whatever the situation is? And another thing is if you're running, you know, if you're into jogging or running, again, your body, your mind is focusing on your body moving. But for me, short little fixes if I don't want to do a whole lot of meditation is to get out in the garden and garden away and, you know, put it
1: out there when I'm really annoyed. I love that. I call that moving meditation. And it's one of the things that I recommend if you're one of these twitchy people who has trouble sitting still. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the the moving meditation or even a standing meditation can be helpful in terms of getting yourself into that meditative state without your body greatly resisting. Uh, that you're making me stand still, right? So one of my favorite um, one of my favorite examples came from a client of mine who loves doing dishes and she loves doing them by hand. And I oh, said, well, there's There's your moment. Just practice this presence of mind as you're doing the dishes and enjoying the suds and the temperature of the water and the feel of a a clean plate as you rinse it off. Really be in those moments and, and it takes you into that meditative state. Uh, without having to sit in a corner and go um <laughs> <laughs> which is not always practical um depending on how you're how you're wired
2: exactly and another thing I do these days if it's a nice sunny day I'll just have a cup of tea sit outside in the sunshine and look at my garden but I'm also contemplating and you know being aware of thoughts coming in and out and you know, what would I like to do next or maybe sorry, I need to prune that tree or something but have <laughs> that quiet space and that relaxation um, with a cup of tea because that's when the gold will come or even when I'm driving I always turn the ignition of the car on and I always ask, I get to my destination with grace and ease and give me the guidance um, and the protection. And sometimes when you you know you're driving because you're focusing on what you're doing, that the insights come in and you know aha moments. And it could be I've had a conversation with someone, and I'm still mulling over it, not realizing I am until I'm driving. Think, oh yeah, I could do that. Yep, that makes sense. Um, or I'll contact that person. So it's when you're in those moments of doing the other activities that you're opening up for that information and guidance to come in. And it can easily come in in a thought. You don't even have to do meditation. So be mindful and slash careful of what you think and what you ask for, because it will be given to you. The universe oh,
1: doesn't
2: really- goodness.
1: Yeah, it doesn't uh, consider any of your, your questions or wishes random. <laughs> no, so it's yeah. How you feel. So if you're yeah. feeling more in that negative
2: space, you're going to attract more negative situations and experiences because that's what you're resonating with. So once you start to flip your switch to go to put on the positive experiences, you'll start to notice more of those. And you can put it to you're looking to buy a new car, so the car you look you want you see on the roads all the time. So it's the same thing if you're wanting more positive experiences, start to look for those and you will think, "Ah, oh, someone bought me a coffee today or someone gave me a compliment or you know, someone was able to help me and I'm able to help someone else. So tune into what you really want. What you know and if you're in that transition of moving from the negatives to the positives, start putting more effort and feeling what it feels like in that positive state.
1: Yeah. And then
2: do your rubber band thing to try and stop the
1: negative state. <laughs> to remind well, remind That's one way. (laughs) I'm not a fan of the rubber band on the wrist. I'm I'm not not much of a, 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 what do they call it? Masochist in that regard. (laughs) Uh, But I do believe in paying attention and going, Oh, that's a road I'm not excited about going down. Um, But I find that your mind will go down the road until you've found a different way to deal with it. In other words, um, you have to train yourself into a new way of thinking and being it, It's not something that just happens automatically <laughs> because you're like, well, I'm going to think positive now. So yeah. some of the tools that I used when I was starting to shift that was, you can get these antonym thesauruses because a lot of times we know what we don't want much more clearly than we know mm-hmm. what we want. And so, at the time, I was very ill and it's like, I just don't want to be sick and tired all the time. Well, that's not useful direction to the universe. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really a destination. And so, using like an antonym dictionary, is like, okay, not sick, not tired. What does that look like? Radiant health. It looks like vigor. It looks like enthusiasm, right? And so, the Antonym Dictionary was very helpful to me getting to the things that I did want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are some other practical ways that you can use your intuition to bring yourself closer to your goals? And, oh, wow, we've got two minutes left. (laughs) Um, I would love to have you answer that question, but I think we do need to let the people know where they can find you. And uh, did you bring a gift with you, I'm trying to recall? Um, Yes, I've got my gift is go to my
2: website and put your email address in, so it's dietchalenor.com.
1: And And the spelling of that will be found in the liner notes below this, so (laughs) don't bust your brain, just go look at the notes.
2: And you'll receive a guided meditation where I've channeled in messages from angels and source for you in that meditation so it's about 18 minutes so that is my free gift
1: oh lovely yeah. that is wonderful and we will have di's contact information below not to mention if you get the free gift she'll put you on her her email list and you'll hear from her that way as well <laughs> yeah. okay. so follow. 10 seconds what's your final word of wisdom
2: follow your intuition follow what makes you happy follow Mm -hmm. your heart and do whatever makes you happy that will put you on the right path to using your intuition and connecting with source. I love that. Thank you so much for joining
1: me today, Di. It's been a pleasure. My my pleasure as well. Thank you. And thank you to everyone who joined us here today. I love having all the listeners, you especially, uh, join me every week and I would love to hear from you. Drop me a quick email at askzofia, A-S-K-Z-O-F-I-A, at transformationspace.co. And until next week, go out and live soul first.
0: Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Please join host Zofia Renea Morales again next week, right here.